1: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy30.
0: Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Greg Hoffman, Logan, Paulson with you. All right. The other side of this though is like how much do we actually trust them to do the evaluating period and uh, there's been a lot of talk over the last week about this because uh sam sam howell the word out of the building was he wasn't ready he's not this he's not that he goes out and plays pretty well so a lot of fans and again whether this is right or wrong is kind of beside the point but a lot of fans are asking the question well like how do we trust them on the evaluation in the first place so let's get into the tape right how did sam play And then we can maybe circle back around to some of that conversation.
1: Right, so yeah, let's just, let's start with that that thing you said first about like him not being ready. Like they hadn't said anything about him since like week six, right? There was a, and so there was kind of this prevailing theory that that was still going on, right? And um, you know, a lot of the reason that I kind of was like, hey, let's just pump our brakes here is because I'm also trying to manage expectation for the individual, right? like I want to give him an opportunity to like have a fair shake. You know what I'm saying? Like if it goes terrible, I don't yeah. want people to burn him to the ground. If it goes great, I think people also need to understand that as well. So, just is that kind of getting that out there. Um in terms of the film, I think obviously there were some things physically that were just awesome. Quick release, decisive throw, strong arm, things we talked about post game. I think the the thing that I undervalued from him from college is his ability to run at this level. I think when you look at you know, we mentioned Daniel Jones, when you look at, he's not this type of runner, but Jalen Hurts, like when you have a quarterback who can run, is it's a tremendous value add for the offense. And I think that, you know, we're talking about quarterbacks and, you know, what's the answer moving forward. That is a significant checkbox for him going in the, in the next year. Because if you can steal five first downs on scrambles and you can sneak in another five quarterback runs and he's going to be healthy, like that's a huge deal for this offense, which is kind of you know, middling with an identity crisis because you can make plays off schedule. So all that stuff, very, very positive And it gets me excited about him moving forward. I will say Scott, to his credit, did a good job of basically designing very simple stuff for him to do. There was nothing overly complex. Like the touchdown is mesh, right? Every single person yeah. runs mesh. They run it in high school. They run it in college. They have a high familiarity with it. That's like their number one short yardage red zone play. They like it a lot he should be able to execute that excellent throw to terry a little bit of pressure love how quickly the ball gets there but still it's a relatively simple there's a slant to jahan that's a dragon concept that's like day one install stuff right very simple read nothing overly complex there's the completion of jahan on the hitch that's literally a one-man route you just pick a side i like this matchup on this side on the left side or i like this side up this side this matchup on the right side and i'm going to trust my receiver to win Throws with excellent anticipation, love that. But in terms of the processing, that's very truncated. The long ball to Terry, the long completion to Terry, that is essentially this exact same play, but instead of a hit, she's running a go. It's He's reading one person on a vertical route. Do you win? Yes or no? I'm going to throw the ball there. So again, easy throws. Then there's the choice of Jahan. Scott Turner did an excellent job designing that play, motioning the running back out of the backfield. They're in, I think they're in quarters. Yes, they're in quarters. The middle linebacker has to match the three-receiver side, creating a huge void. And Jahan absolutely just murders the poor nickel in that kind of ball that he caught over the field. So like, if you watch Howell's eyes, they are fixated on that player. Again, you love that he's finding throwing windows. You love the release. You love that he's leading the receiver, ball placement. All that stuff's excellent. But some of the concerns that I had were about his ability to process um, an NFL offense, and I'm not sure that those questions were answered. But I think he shows, he showed you enough of his physical stuff to see why people were talking about him being the best player in college football in 2021, I believe. Yes, 2021. Yeah.
0: So here's my question, though: They scored 26, and yep. they should have scored over 30 if Sly hits some kicks that he normally hits, and. If they you know if Sam throws the ball seven feet higher uh and out of the end zone and they get another right. field goal instead of the interception. Um like how complex does an NFL offense need to be? And and I think like these are some of the questions that we ask not just in this game, but all year. It's like, well, if the simple stuff worked, why do we gotta do more? Like mm-hmm. you, you can and, and it kind of just goes to the offensive philosophy that I think the Kyle's, the Sean's and the Kevins yeah. and and the Andy Reeds have of like, how do we get to our simple stuff that we execute really well and put it in fancy clothes? Like how do we dress it up, make it look more yeah. complex than it is, and then have pretty simple stuff that like, yeah, George Kittle's running wide open across the middle of the field again. It's a pretty easy read. Just fake here, fake here, boom. Because you use motion, you use formations, you use personnel to create matchups. And like if they can do this with Sam Howell in week 18 against the Cowboys team that was playing to win yeah um like how how big of a deal is it that he can't do more if you can be this productive because at the end of the day like process is important but over time the ability to actually produce results is what what you're looking for and they produce sunday arguably better than they had since week one the jacksonville game
1: right so a couple things here let's uh that's really good point. First off, I'm not saying he can't do it. He just didn't show in the game that he can do it. And I think he's done some good stuff in practice, right? Distributing the football, we've talked about it. And, uh, you know, like when I watched the film on Sundays before the game, like, you know, he's shown stuff that you feel good about, but he didn't show it in this game. However, I do think that you bring up a good point. And the other thing I want to point out is a lot of these vertical concepts that Scott has been advocating are all of a sudden like much more alive And it's for kind of an unexpected reason. And again, like this is one of those things where you add information to your quarterback evaluation folder is his arm, like we talked about, is a little bit less than Carson's, right? But more than Taylor's. But his release is probably in that Taylor Heineke kind of range. And his ability to quickly release the football down the field all of a sudden made that protection look very good, which the protection itself was was very good, you know, independent of him. But that ability to get the ball out of your hands, quickly is something that carson didn't have the ability to do which really affected negatively affected the o-line and i think that is something that again maybe some of those simpler deeper reads are more viable because he does have that quick release because he does have that arm talent so you know the the offense can kind of be what scott wanted it to be with carson or or whatever it is you know so that's something that I, i wanted to call attention to and also like I think the other thing is it can be simple because he adds value as a runner. Like if you look at um, right. the Giants, the Giants, for example, and we're going to make a lot of comparisons here because I think that's a very good analogous kind of team at the moment. Um, like they don't they don't do stuff that's overly complex. They do stuff that's schemed up to beat the defense that they're playing, but it's not like they're running, you know, they run 70 plays. It's not like they're running 40 independent pass plays. They come back to stuff they like. They're probably running in like the 15s or 20s. So it doesn't need to be overly complex. Um, and especially because he can get you some stuff on third down if they do cover it, right? And then that's something that they have to account for and they have to manage. So his ability as a runner, I think, is very, very valuable. And um, and the, the, the release element is something that, again, I probably undervalued in my evaluation of every quarterback I've ever evaluated. But to see it in the game with him, again, is a really nice ad and it allows you to do some simpler stuff because the arm talent, because of the mobility.
0: Yeah, it's just, I don't know, I, I guess the frustration I'm, I've, maybe I've been swimming too much in comments and calls and everything this week. It's just, is, you know, you hear uh, Carson's ready. He's going to do this thing X and then Taylor, and then Sam's not ready, or he's not even a part of the thing. And then all of a sudden after the year. Martin Mayhew sits down today and he's like, yeah, we really like what we saw from Sam in practice. And it's just like, so when you're you're getting really bad quarterback play in the middle of the year, this guy wasn't a, a a consideration at all when he goes out and and shows. And, you know, again, there's multiple layers to this. I'm not trying to oversimplify it, even though I kind of just did, but like, I, I want to acknowledge the fact that Scott's game planning and play calling plays a huge role in this. The health of certain players plays a huge role in this. But when you don't have, when we are told all year, like, oh, if we had just had Brian Robinson in the first, you know, six weeks of the season, it would have been different. You didn't have Brian Robinson in this game. You know, Antonio Gibson's not here in this game. And you have the quarterback who allegedly, like, wasn't up to the level of the other two. And you go out and you put out your best offensive performance of the season. It's just, it's frustrating. It's a small sample size. And it's one defense. Maybe it's a good matchup. Maybe, you know, they Dallas plays coverages that Hal sees well. Um, maybe, you know, whatever reason this offensive line matched up well against the specific styles of rushes, uh, and, and traits of that defensive line. If you go face Philadelphia where you beat them with Heineke, you would on smoke with Hal and the same crew, right? Like that, that is the kind of thing that needs to happen. You know, for one thing that, that we talked about on, on Sunday, Dallas didn't pressure as much as we thought they would, you know, if you go against the lions and they heat you up. At an absurd rate, does it go poorly for Sam Howell? So it's, I think that's sort of stuff is important to point out is like this is one day, one matchup. But I do oh. think it, there's some, it, it does, if you're looking for something definitive, it pokes a, f- a couple holes in some of the things that we've been told about the season at large that you just, oh, we can't possibly be expected to succeed without this thing or that thing. And it's like, well, you did.
1: Well, also, I think it's it's critical. This is, this is maybe the single most important thing in this game is just the game flow. You know, like they the punter drops the punt. You make yeah. The they never played a snap
0: under pressure offensively.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it was they were in a very good field. Like that's one thing that I, I someone called to my attention. They had the worst starting field position of any team in the NFL this year. And you know, we had um, what's his name uh, Warren Warren, Warren Sharp, Sharp talking about how important field position is for offensive success. That's something they were talking about. Literally every every um, every every spot I was at in the in the league, like just how important starting field position was. Like your punt team, your special teams, like so critical. And for whatever reason, we really struggled in that department. And this is the a game where our field position was excellent, and you got to see a more manageable, more comfortable offense. You got to see a team that didn't have to press for anything. Right there was this kind of conservative running approach for certain set stretches of the game. And you never felt like the game was going to be out of your reach at any moment. So there's nothing crazy you need to do. And you can call these chunk plays with relative anonymity because you can call these excellent protections and off the play pass. So I do think that that is probably something that a lot of people are forgetting today. It's just the game flow allowed you to throw 19 passes, right? It allowed you to throw 19 passes. You didn't have to stress. You didn't have to put him out there. He could be conservative, and I think that's also something you know we, we we were very critical of Scott, or we have been, you know, I think rightfully so to a certain extent. But it's also important to remember like if you do have the worst starting field position in the NFL, it's very likely that your offense is not gonna be very good, just statistically speaking. And so all of those things I think were kind of tipped in Sam's favor yesterday, and I think that that to me is is incredibly significant. And like you said, maybe the matchup versus a different team or versus a different Dan Quinn philosophy leads to a different result. That's totally understandable as well. But I also think the game flow is something that like teams don't pressure as much in the red zone. They just don't. And so you start two drives in the red zone. You're not going to see a lot of pressure. And I think yeah. that that element is something that fans have kind of put from their mind. Like they were up 14 to nothing, 13 to zero off of middling offensive production, middling. And then they got to pick six. They're up. What is that? You know, 20 to six for a while. And Sam has an opportunity to make some chunk plays like that to me is a very significant variable in all of this.
0: All right. So end of the day, where does he fit into the quarterback equation for this team going into the offseason?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think he showed you enough. If, if you put your Sam Howell glasses on, put to put them on, I know we got a lot of people wanting to do it, right? If you put your Sam Howell glasses on the release, the arm strength, the mobility, Kind of the moxie element he showed in the game. I think the I would not game speech. Yeah, uh-huh. I would not be surprised if the staff was kind of like he could be our guy next year. If that's the case, they still need to bring in a veteran of some kind, which we talked about yeah. in the post-game show. You need to bring in, you know, your Andy Dalton, your Jacoby Brissett, someone who can win you some games, who is a good mentor for the young guy. I think this is just my opinion. But I think that could be a solution here, right? I think that, that's a viable thing. Now if they went i don't I, I don't think they draft a guy now anymore based on that performance they could go out and go a little bit higher like a little higher profile for agent say that's our starter but i do think you i get the vibe that they're like we kind of want to see if sam can grow into something more which is based on the performance i think totally warranted again you got to kind of look at it from like the sam Howell perspective and mm-hmm. i think that's appropriate based on the performance but yeah i could see them saying he's going to be the guy and we're going to bring in a starter to kind of Compete slash mentor slash win of some games if he's further behind in our develop than we thought development than we thought.
0: And if you take off your Sam Howell glasses, they could still draft a quarterback in the first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, like let's say let's say for example you're picking at sixteen and they find out Bryce Young I don't know has like elbow tendinitis or something and he sl- slips you at sixteen like I'm probably taking Bryce Young you know like yeah. that he's a heck of a football player I mean he's more of a sure thing than Sam is but obviously that's a very I don't think they're going to actively try to trade up. I don't think they're going to actively search for a free agent, high-profile quarterback like they did this year with a big price tag. I think that this offseason is going to look much different from that perspective. And I was talking to, again, some of my coworkers, and one of the things that we kind of settled on is think about if you make a ton of investment, you invest in the secondary. You make multiple investments along the offensive line. This roster is going to look pretty good. And think about your old Seattle Seahawks rosters, right, where they've got an excellent defense, an excellent offensive line, and decent skill position players, and a rookie Russell Wilson. Like, that could sustain and support a pretty dynamic offensive-defensive team. Now, is it going to win you a Super Bowl? Probably not, but could it win you a Super Bowl the next year? Maybe. Like, yeah. that's kind of what you're talking about. If you Sam Howell glasses on, say, we upgrade the offensive line, we get – you got to get in like the top five range of offensive line, top ten under this kind of hypothesis, which is doable. First round tackle, Cosby bumps into guard. Uh, Chris Paul takes a big jump. Left tackles Leno, very solid. Find someone to play center, like, and that 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 right tackle is a dog. Like I mean, look at Tristan Wirfs. He came in and is probably the a top five right tackle in the NFL. He's elevated that Tampa Bay offensive line dramatically. If you get something like that happening, that's it's a it's a very plausible solution. Now there's a lot of what if's there. You got to hit on a lot of picks, do some stuff, make some moves. But right perspective tilt your head the right way, the opportunities there.